Blog Talk Radio. Carol Francis, and we are at the holiday season. We are on the very cusps of everybody coming home from their schools, coming home from work. Next week marks a Friday of having your office celebrations if you are part of an office party situation. Christmas comes, New Year's comes, and then back to some sort of winter sanity once again. However, in the midst of all of this, the partying, the beauty, the decorations, the opportunity to give gifts, to receive gifts, to have an expression of love and family and reuniting with family, there are many people who are not experiencing this as an optimal time of life. Individuals who are going through divorces or have gone through divorce recently, a breakup in a family, the loss of a loved one to death, to to aging, to cancer, the idea of facing a, a life that's very different than what is portrayed as the ideal way of living life. Do you have the love you want? Do you have the family that is supportive and kind and easy to be with, that gives you that sense of Christmas warmth and goodness? Do you even have some sort of spiritual perspective that gives you a sense of purpose in life or meaningfulness? Do you have anything? And during this time, it seems that because plenty and gifts and good cheer are to be the kind of normative, socialized, uh, uh, attitude that one is supposed to have, kind of like a, a supposed to in the scheme of things, this is when people really do begin to reflect. Do I have that? What's going on? Where have I failed? What, where have people failed me? Why are my circumstances more dismal? Where, where and how do I deal with this loneliness, with this sense of emptiness, this sense of not being supported? So this all contributes to a definite self-reflection, and that self-reflection can move you right into uh, temporary or chronic depression. So this program is about the depression that occurs around holidays. For those individuals who have depression, they're depressed. The first thing to realize in our society, we have become kind of allergic to being depressed. Somehow we medicate depression away so that we don't feel it as if somehow depression is going to be too devastating for us to endure. The other side of depression is that if you can feel the sadness of your circumstances and how much you dislike it that way, and you can mobilize yourself through the sadness to ensure that life becomes better and that you take charge and control of your circumstance so that you can make your circumstances what you want them to be as much as you have the power to do it. Then that is the use of depression. That is actually the optimal use of being depressed. We run away from our feelings of feeling like things are not okay. But instead, we should look them square in the face and see them as messengers that are going to tell us all about ourselves. Tell us what we need to do or what we need to affect or what is important to us. And what we have thrown away or been dismissive of through the rest of the year or somehow decided it wasn't important for us to cultivate our time and effort into. Could we have cultivated relationships in a different way so during this time we could have that warmth and that connection? 
have we gotten too occupied with things that are really not important to us? And so once we face these times of life, we have to go into recognizing that we have somehow sabotaged our own happiness, our own satisfaction, our own sense of meaningfulness when it comes to family, love, connection, meaningfulness of the holidays. So if you take the depression that you're feeling during this course of your life, this time, this era of holidays, and you decide to do something about it for the next year, in a sense kind of that New Year's resolution, then you can take that depression and use Christmas Day if you are alone to make plans, affect the plans, be clear and deliberate as to what steps you're going to take to ensure that you're not in an uncomfortable situation next year. So that is the proactive approach to depression. Not such a good approach to depression is to actually dwell on the sensation and the emotions of being depressed. What I mean, facing depression is one thing in terms of determining that you are that way and that you're going to be the soldier in the front of that difficulty of being depressed. It's quite another thing to surrender yourself to your depression as if it is the bigger ogre that forces you to be to be forever locked in the dungeons of your own imagination of being alone unhappy, unloved, uncared for. As soon as you decide that your depression is bigger than you are, you've surrendered to it and it only becomes bigger and bigger and bigger. Depression on a physiological level is is the biochemical process where the brain can actually surrender more and more. The more you feel something and surrender to it, the more it can actually take hold of things. Depression will color everything in your life in terms of your perspective. You could have an absolutely adequate day and look at the one 15-minute period in which it did not go well and become depressed about that, dwelling on it completely and entirely. And as a consequence, the depression will also own so much more of your next day and your next and your next. So depression isn't something that we need to be cavalier about. It is, in a sense, a possible cancer that can come into your life and can take over and bleed the life out of you. On the other hand, if you feel your depression, respond to it in a way that says, okay, I'm going to take care of this. I'm going to take care of me. Then that is the way to respond to cancer, the cancer of depression. Now, if you were to be diagnosed with cancer, so to speak, and you were to decide to surrender to it taking over, not because you really was going to, but because you just didn't have it in you to fight, then that would be too bad because so many cancers can be fought off. If you were to be diagnosed with cancer and the preliminary stages especially and know that there were lots of remedies in order to be able to come back to a fully healthy life, then that is the way you want to approach depression. So I think you understand the metaphor very, very clearly here in terms of how you feel down. So feel down. But at the same time, feel determined that you're going to change your circumstances. That feeling down is giving you a clue of what really matters to you and what you need to address in order to take care of yourself. Now, everybody in their life goes through different sorts of complications at one point or another, if not at many, many points. But what happens during the seasonal time is that you begin to feel, when you're depressed, as if you are the only person being left out. As if you're the only person that's in a state of need or want or lack. As if you're the only person that's feeling unloved or unsupported or isolated. And that also is an illusion because it's not true at all. The number of individuals that are not going to be spending Christmas or the holidays with someone they love, well, we can look just on a 
on newspaper know that our soldiers that are not back are exactly doing that. Our people who are in prison are exactly doing that. Our people who are stuck away because of snowstorms and can't get back home, that's exactly what they're doing. They're not able to spend the Christmas time with their loved ones. And how about all those people that work for vendors that keep their doors open for those of us that want to either go see a movie or eat a meal or go shopping on Christmas Day? They're not spending Christmas with their families either, at least not that portion of their day. Look around you and you will see that there are many, many people who are not in the loving arms and support of a family. You are not alone. Now, I'm not saying that so you stop feeling sorry for yourself. I'm saying that so that you can wake up that side of you that's going to lie to you about how completely horrible your circumstance is in contrast to everybody else's good fortune. This leads to the next step of what you can do when you're feeling terribly depressed during this time. You can reach out. The random acts of kindness is clearly a way of fighting off depression. In fact, I recommend that throughout the year. Being able to reach out to other people and helping them and being able to look for where what you have to offer is going to benefit another person keeps you extremely conscious, number one, of what you have to offer, and you do, anyone does. Whether it is a smile, a warmth, a quarter, a cup of coffee, a call, you have so much to offer another individual. I don't know what the other individual needs, and perhaps you don't either, but perhaps nonetheless you can still reach out of your plenty, whatever that is, how small that is, and extend it to another person. And that, after all, is supposed to be the true attitude of Christmas, isn't it? That of giving, that of supporting, that of being what we can be for other people, not what we were receiving. It's nice to receive, absolutely beautiful. But maybe it will help you to think that this is truly a time when you are in your feelings of not having to reach out to those that have even less or that you have something that they could benefit from, even if they don't have less. So pay attention to that particular thing. One of the things my family is going to do, yep, I'll be with my family, we're going to go to Food on Foot. Um, this is an organization that provides sleeping bags, food, tickets for the tra- for the bus and encouragement to those individuals that do not have a house over their head on the rainy, cold Christmas season. They don't have a house. They've lost their family. And to whatever circumstances, foreclosure, loss of jobs, drugs, alcohol dependence, bad, bad health, disability, whatever were the circumstances that led to them being homeless, whether you're sympathetic or not, that's what their experience is on Christmas. And the wonderful individual that runs this has not missed a single Saturday and not missed a single Christmas to be able to give give to people that are in absolute need. And he wants people to come on Christmas, contact foodonfoot.com, have a radio show on it as well so you can hear all about the program. But there are other programs out there as well that you can participate with on Christmas Day where you can serve soup in the kitchen, where you can go out and hand out food to the homeless in your own area, where you can go to convalescent homes where the elderly, who perhaps they have Alzheimer's and dementia, but nonetheless would really appreciate a little gift to open up or being remembered even by a stranger. What have you done that would help make someone else whose situation is even worse than yours a little better? You will come home to your loneliness, and you're feeling to want, absolutely, they're authentic and real, and I'm not trying to belittle them. 
but with an entirely different perspective on your own ability to give. And the feeling of giving to another individual is one of the best biochemical fighters for the chronicity of cancerous depression. These random acts of kindness are extraordinarily powerful. And I encourage each and every one of you to do that. Whether you're feeling depressed in this season or not, reach out and give. Now, perhaps there are those of you that are arguing with me and feeling like this is a Pollyannish type type solution, but the biochemical research is absolutely clear that the act of giving produces the serotonin and the dopamine balance that allows you to no longer be swallowed up in the impact, the biochemical impact of being depression. So why not just go ahead and follow through on the biochemistry of your very own body and brain makeup and go ahead and follow through on being able to give to another person so perhaps you can change their depression during the season as well. Now, another type of depression that's fairly common during this time is due to the shorter days. We're about to go through our shortest day of the year, December 21st. But on that shortest day of the year, people are not exposed to much sunlight, but it actually starts happening as soon as we change our clocks in the beginning of November. And it begins to lighten up as soon as we change our clocks in spring. The reason is because individuals need a certain amount of vitamin D that comes from sunlight. And if you're not exposing your skin to sunlight during the course of winter to a certain degree, you're going to have, once again, a biochemical deficiency or a vitamin deficiency that makes it very hard for your brain to keep an optimistic attitude. You might be the most optimistic person, but if you don't have the chemistry to support the optimism, your brain is starved and can't function in a way that's going to support your wish to be optimistic or giving or loving or happy. So you want to be aware of getting as much sunlight as you possibly can during the course of the day. If you're not able to go out in the sunlight and you are able to afford some of those seasonal lights that provide artificial sunlight with the same sort of radiance that what your body would need if you were in the real sunlight, I would recommend that you absolutely spend your hour a day reading or working underneath that type of lamp. It'll make a very big difference in your seasonal uh, depression. So you, the seasonal affective, de- affective disorder is a type of depression associated to not having enough exposure to sunlight on many occasions. So perhaps you're not as depressed about being alone. Perhaps you'd even enjoy sitting in front of a fireplace and being by yourself and not having to deal with the clatter and the clamor of everybody else surrounding you. Perhaps it will feel a little bit more comforting and relaxing for you just to be at ease with, with your privacy and comfort. But perhaps if you are depressed because of a seasonal affective disorder associated to a malnutrition sort of state of mind, so to speak, then it would be helpful for you to just go out and get that lamp and enjoy yourself because you will be replenishing yourself. Or go out with your sleeves up to expose your skin, with your legs exposed to the sunlight as well, and get some definite sunlight. Another aspect of depression that also occurs during this time is people tend to exercise less and they eat more carbohydrate food. You know, we're basically fighting our own inclination to hibernate, to to go to sleep earlier because the sun's down, and that's actually built into our to our to our cycle into our uh, biorhythm. So it, we're not as active, and as a consequence, those individuals that get most of their happiness out of exercise and their endorphins, even if it's just moving around in the course of the day, 
they're not getting that as much and they're lowering nerve endorphins. So as a consequence, that type of depression is associated with the lack of activity. So don't forget to be active and perhaps take Christmas Day as an opportunity to go out and walk, jog, stand still in your own house, uh, uh, doing exercises and calisthenics and jogging in place and making sure that you are producing inside of your body those responses, those hormonal responses that get the blood circulating and the chemical circulating as well that can turn you on into being a happy person as opposed to depressed. You know, life isn't all about happiness all the time. I guess from my point of view, and you have to decide from your point of view, life is much more about meaningfulness or purposefulness. So that sometimes it's more meaningful to be depressed than it is to be happy. Or sometimes it's more meaningful to face the things that are upsetting you and then make decisions as to how you want to alter your circumstance to the degree that you're in control. To be able to face yourself when you know you haven't done your best or that you're not living up to your potential or you're not walking the path that you really ought to walk, to face yourself in those particular ways is actually a way of waking yourself up to being you. And if that's what you have to do on Christmas Day is do a lot of soul-searching and facing yourself, then so be it. Why not take that day, that day off, and everybody else in your mind is busy elsewise, although remember, lots of lonely people out there, people you can help and touch. But if you want to take that day being self-reflective, then be self-reflective in terms of exactly how you want to alter your circumstances in your life. Well, I was hoping to be able to talk to a lot of individuals about how they were going to extend a Christmas as well. But unfortunately, I'm not located in the circumstance right now because of my own work and family situation to be able to conduct those interviews, nor take your calls, and I'm so chagrined that I can't. But know that I know you're out there and know that there are many people out there with stories such as yours. And now the decision is in your hands. In fact, your whole life is in your hands. This is about deciding how you're going to live the most effective holiday season you can, given the real circumstances that have currently been sculptured. Is there a way you can change it? Absolutely. Little or big. Just know we're thinking about you, I'm thinking about you, and I wish you well. This is Dr. Carol Francis saying no need to suffer through the depression. Work past it, work through it. Plenty of people need your help. And people also care. You'd be surprised how many people would be really glad to have you be part of their Christmas celebration. During the times that are tough financially, for those of you that don't feel like you can give your children or your spouse all the things you'd like to financially, I will tell you that one of the best things you can give them is the love and warmth of your hug and your dedication to them that you are plowing through the difficult times of life with them and treating them with respect regardless of how hard things are for you is a very high gift, probably among the highest. For you to not be able to afford some expensive gift or even a minor gift is nothing compared that if you would absolutely be able to give them your heart, your soul, your smile, your pleasure, that they are in your life and that you love them so much. Don't ever belittle the gift you can give someone by your presence and respect of them. Because so many individuals feel inadequate when they don't have a job and they don't have money to do certain types of gifts, 
They walk in their inadequacy and they become angry and surly, antagonistic and rejecting to the very people who want to love them the most. Why? Because they're living in such a state of self-rejection over not being able to produce the money or the job or the gifts that they would so prefer to be able to give. But as a consequence, they destroy the very thing, the very thing that's the most essential reason why you would even want to give a gift. And that is because that person matters to you. So don't destroy that person who matters to you because you get drunk out of your own depression or get stoned out of your head with pot because you really don't want to be present and then they have to miss you and feel even more lonely because you're not even there, even if your body might be. No. Instead, be as present as you can. Be a present and presence in their life to tell them how much they matter, even if you fail to always be able to let them know that, to appreciate them. You can always write a note, even if it's in the dirt, and let it be a love note to them, a note about wonderful tributes that you would like to give them, about the attributes that they have, that they're working so hard under adverse circumstances to maintain. If you've treated your spouse badly, or you've treated them with anger, violence, or abusiveness, because of your feeling chagrined or depressed by your circumstances, then you need to go heal that relationship. Apologize. Get the help you need, not just promise it, but do that too. And also let them know that you know that they do not deserve that type of treatment. No one does. Not your children, not your spouse, not your mother, not your father. So go and heal some relationships, not with a bought gift necessarily, but with genuine gift of a sincere apology and a sincere plan to do better, to get help, to move forward in life. And those of you that are out there campaigning and helping and being the Mother Teresas or the support of individuals who have lost their houses or been foreclosed upon, to those of you that can give a job or reach out, I thank you so very much that you are in the position and willing to be self-sacrificing for all of the other individuals that need you to reach out. So if we can catch the verve of giving, I think maybe there's some hope that our society can move from this inhumane, horrible experience of what's been going on with our economy into returning to what it means to being a true neighbor to those people in need. To the Good Samaritans, I thank you. To those of you in need, please reach out and remember what you can do also to give. I wish you well. Take care. Dr. Carol Francis signing off for now. Bye-bye.